0: I am so glad to be here. I got to go through a list of things to do before I preach. Is that all right with you? I must acknowledge your religious vice president, He Yoon Oh. Would you all please give her a round of applause today for putting together this program for us this Sabbath morning. I must also acknowledge her team. Uh, because they have put together every facet of this program. Philip Waquesa, who you heard playing on the piano, somebody ought to say amen. 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 And the lovely praise team that he put together. Uh, Secondly, two people that are very near and dear to me, one of which is Vani Carballo. I don't know where she is. Where is she? She's somewhere here. All right. And Moises Reyes. Now, Moises better be careful because he gave me that introduction And I always get scared when Moises gets up and talks about me. But I told him before this, if he embarrasses me, I'll embarrass him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But God is good. Would you say amen? I also must acknowledge your pastor, Pastor Dwight Nelson, also known as Homeboy Dwight Nelson. I heard somebody say that to me the one day. They said, you know Homeboy Dwight Nelson. I said, Homeboy, who? What are you talking about? (laughs) But I want to thank him for allowing me to have this opportunity to speak to you today. How are you? Has the Lord been good to you this week? You know, it's been a hard week, but God is still good. Would you say amen? We heard lovely messages. If you're a student here, we heard lovely messages this week from Pastor Jim Castor. I saw him earlier today. Where is he? Can we just receive him and give him a round of applause for blessing us this Sabbath. Now, every time I stand before an audience at Andrews University, I have to remind you that I'm a black man and that black people like responses when they hear sermons. Would you say amen? Amen. So you're going to have to talk back to me today. Is that all right? I must also acknowledge my mother. Mother, would you please stand and my sisters as well so that they may see you all. Mother, This is a special day for us because I don't typically tell mom when I have to preach. And so she gets quite upset. And so some weeks ago I said, why don't I tell her that I'm preaching this week and she can come on down this weekend. So we're glad to have her here. It's also special because I have not been able to travel to a church with my mother in quite some time since high school. Actually, since I learned how to drive. (laughs) Amen. Do you have a Bible? Uh, I said, do you have a Bible? Yes. It is imperative that you use it today. You know, we put our preachers and pastors on a pedestal. And we let them say whatever they want, and we just believe it. But I've come to tell you, you ought not take any man's word for it, but check the scriptures. Th- that's a biblical concept. Did you know that? My Bible says, test all things. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And I told the church this morning, in in Acts chapter 4, there was a group of individuals called the Bereans, and the Bible says they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because when they heard the Scriptures, they received it with gladness of heart, and then they searched it to check whether these things were so. So you ought to check the preacher, would you say amen? Our text is found in the book of Luke. What book did I say? Reading from the 15th chapter, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, when you've had it, say, Amen. we're going to have to turn some heat up in here. I'm getting really cold. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners. I'm reading King James Version, if that's all right with you, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke a parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having one hundred sheep, if he loses one, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. The title of our message today is The Pursuit. I told them this morning I wanted to name it The Chase. But my sweet mate, Noe, said that was a bit too pretentious, so we have changed it to The Pursuit. Is that all right with you? The Pursuit. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is your moment. Speak to us now in Jesus' name, amen. Let me clarify to you for a moment the purpose of this sermon. The Bible begins in Luke 15 with Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors. You know, the IRS. (laughs) He's eating with sinners and tax collectors and and the Pharisees got angry. You know, those Pharisees always get angry. You know, there are Pharisees in the Adventist church, right? You know, the ones that think their Sabbath keeping and holy dressing and haystack eating can save them. (laughs) But you must understand none of these things can save us. I don't care how many haystacks you eat or choplets you fry. None of these things have the ability to save any one of us. In fact, it is just Jesus, only Jesus and the grace of Jesus that allows us to receive salvation. Would you say amen? Amen. But Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors. Now, the Bible says to us in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Christ's ministry is not to those who are so high and so holy that they don't think they need him, but his ministry is for those who understand that they are a sinner. I must say to you today that every person from the back row of the balcony all the way up to the pulpit is a sinner. Would you say amen? We are sinners in the sight of God, but thank God he loves us and comes down to eat with us. Would you say amen? Amen. Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners, and that's who this sermon is for. It's for the sinners in Zion. It means the sermon is for me, and it's also for you. And the Lord has spoken to me this week, and he has pricked my brain. And I know he's pricked it because the devil has tried me. And whenever the devil tries you, you know he's a little bit scared. So God is getting ready to do something amazing. The story begins with the parable that Jesus tells. it's, It's the parable of the lost sheep. You know it. There's that shepherd that had 100 sheep and he lost just one. And after having lost one, he decided to leave the 99 and go after just the one. Now, there's already two characters that we find that are prominent in this story. Number one is the sheep, yes? And number two is the shepherd. Now, parables are often metaphorical. They're often symbolic in nature. In fact, the parable could be referring to anyone. It could be a mo- The shepherd could be a mother and, and the sheep could be a wayward child. It could be referring to anyone. That's the beauty of metaphors. But I want to be as biblical as possible when trying to analyze this parable. In the book of Isaiah, what book did I say? And the 53rd chapter, reading from the 6th verse, the Bible says all of us are like sheep who have gone astray. In other words, in the parable, when we read of the lost sheep, Christ is speaking about us. We are those wayward children who have turned away from him. We are those individuals who have gone down another path. We are the lost individuals in this world. And I know some of you may be saying, I'm not lost. I've been in Adventist church a long time. I found my way home. But I must confess to you that there are lost people in the pew. There are lost people even in the pulpit, and there are lost people all throughout God's church. The church is full of lost sheep, and Jesus is trying his best to reach us. He is trying his best to find us. He's trying his best to pursue us. Now, your theme, according to the team, is uh, peace. Come as you are. Did I say that right? Okay, you, I came up with it, you know. <laughs> peace, come as you are. And originally, when I came up with that, I said, man, that's a good theme, you know. I said, I can work with that because it's biblically based. Matthew and the 11th chapter, reading from, I believe is the 28th verse, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's biblical in origin, but as I was reading this parable, the Holy Spirit took me here, the Holy Spirit wanted me to look at it from a different angle. You see, the lost sheep, Oftentimes, I read, uh, oftentimes when a sheep is to leave home, if it wanders away, it would typically forget its way back home. In other words, the sheep would never return because the sheep does not remember how to even get back. You must understand that even before we think to come back to Jesus, Jesus is already trying to come to us. He's already trying to reach us. He's already searching for us. Even before we recognize him, he's already trying to gain us. And so I believe that the psalmist David was inspired by the Holy Spirit long before this parable. And he wrote the words in Psalm 23 that was read so eloquently today, saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I'm so glad that we have the Lord as my shepherd. And so the Bible says that the shepherd leaves the 99 and prioritizes the one. It does not make sense to me. It seems foolish. Why leave so much in order to gain so little? That sounded so nice, I ought to say it twice because I think you missed it. It sounds ridiculous. It does not make sense. You have 99 sheep. Why would you leave the 99 and, 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 and exert so much effort and energy in order to gain so little? It does not make sense to me. If I lost one sheep, I'd say, oh, well, I got 99 more. It's just like, <laughs> you know, when you lose a pencil or something, you say, oh, well, I'll find another one. <laughs> but Jesus places such a high estimation, he places such a high value on this one sheep, it drives him to prioritize it. When we read historical record found in scripture, we will discover that way back when Adam and Eve lost control of their sinful desires and they uh, fell into transgression. And when Adam and Eve sinned and when the whole human family entered into the abyss of darkness, all heaven ceased. uh, Angels and, and divine beings focused their attention on earth because God now had one priority in life and that was to save his children. Each and every day God is trying his best to save you and me. Each and every day, he's trying to call our name. He's trying to gain our attention. He's trying to woo us unto him because his priority is to save us. I know your priority is to pass that class. Your priority is to just make it through the week. Our priority may be to make sure we're financially cleared. Somebody say amen. Amen. But Jesus is trying to save us. And so he says, let me, let me make them uh, unfinancially clear for a little bit so that they can learn to depend on me. Let, me. let me give them a hard professor that they can't stand so that they can learn to call on me. Am I making it plain today? Jesus is trying his best to save us. That's his priority. That's his focus. The Lord prioritizes the Lost Sheep. And then the text goes on to say that, oh, well, I already told you, the, the, the sheep has already wandered. And I have been reading a lot lately. You know, reading is fundamental. My mother taught me that. Somebody say amen for my mother. Amen. Reading is fundamental. So I've been reading this book. It's called Stories with Intent. Now, i got to give credit to the person who gave me the book. It was my professor. Well, I don't know where he is. He might not be here. Dr. Munoz. You know, he tells us to read all these books. And, you know, don't nobody want to read all them books. It's too many. All right? But I thought I'd buy one and maybe keep it. So I was reading that particular book, which analyzes each parable of Jesus Christ. And I was reading about this lost sheep. And I discovered that, I told you already, that when a sheep leaves home, he doesn't return. But I kept reading, and one scholar tends to suggest that if a sheep were to leave, he would oftentimes, at some point in his journey away from home, he would give up, lose hope, and accept its fate. Let me say it again. He would give up, lose hope, plop down, and just lay there accepting its fate. I said we are the lost sheep. Didn't I say that? And I don't know where you are in your life, but somebody in here may be saying they have given up. There may be somebody who has given up on their relationship with God. There may be somebody who has given up on trying to pursue a a right connection to Christ. Somebody may have given up on their academic studies. Somebody may have given up on themselves. And I have not come here to tell you don't give up. Don't think that. I haven't come here to say that. I have learned something in life. Giving up is part of human weakness. And because we are humans, we are prone to give up. Now, I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying it's natural. It's what we do. But here is what I want to tell you. Even when we do give up, Jesus has not yet given up on us. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's still trying to reach us. He's still trying to pursue us. He will not let us go has not thrown us aside. He has not uh, cast us into the cracks. So he prioritizes the sheep. He does not give up on the sheep. Oh, somebody say amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I just looked down to see what my time was, and it's not counting down. So what that means is, is that I'm going to take my time. Now, I was getting ready to say, yeah, I was going to look at it, and I was going to say, well, you know, I I got some more to preach, and then somebody was going to shout, take your time. And if you didn't do it, mama would do it for me. (laughs) Okay, because if if you're not listening, at least mama is, would you say amen? (laughs) But I'm going to take my time. Is that all right? He prioritizes the sheep, yes? He does not give up on the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. And we keep going, and we discover that Jesus left, or the shepherd left the 99. Scholars oftentimes are trying to debate, who is the 99? Is it the church? And did they leave the church in order to go find one wayward sinner out into the world somewhere? When you read the text in Luke chapter 15, it says at the end that, that, that the, the, the 99 need no repentance. That tends to suggest to me that the 99 must be sinless. So it would not be logical for us to suggest that the 99 is the church. Because the church is full of the one. It's full of lost sheep. Yes? So then who is the 99? Better question, what did Jesus leave in order to get you? He left the glories and splendor of heaven. He left the beauties and gracefulness of ethereal reality. Somebody talk to me. And when he left that, he came to this pitiful planet. Up there, he was glorified, but down here, he was despised. Up there, he was magnified, but down here, he was rejected. Up there, they treated him like a king, but down here, we cast him to the side and killed him on a cross. But Jesus endured it anyway because he loved his children. Ellen White in her book called Story of Redemption. Can I talk about Ellen White for a minute? In her book called Story of Redemption, and with my imagination, she talks about how when Adam and Eve sinned, God had a quick council amongst himself, and God the Father and God the Son came together, and I can imagine the conversation. It probably went a little something like this. The father looked at Jesus and said, son, you know what has happened, and the son said, yes, I've seen what they've done. The father looked at Jesus, and he said, and so you know that the condition is really bad, and Jesus said, yes. I know it's bad. The father said, but wait a minute, you know I love them. And Jesus said, yes, I love them too. The father said, well then, you know what we must do. And Jesus looked at the father and said, well then, I guess it's settled then. He came out and Ellen White says that when he came out, the angels were standing at the door trying to peek in and hear what is going to happen to humanity. And when they came out, Jesus explained to them what would take place. He told them he was going to come to earth. He told them he was going to die. He told them how we were going to treat it. And the angels began to weep at the feet of Jesus. They cried out, Lord, don't do it. Lord, send me instead. But Jesus said, no, I have to do it. They cried out, Lord, it's not worth it. Jesus said, yes, it's worth it. They cried out, Lord, you know that I could go in your place. But Jesus said, that will not suffice. Jesus. loved me so much that he was willing to go through it for me. He sacrificed all for my life. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I know I'm getting a little bit too excited, y'all, but y'all got to bear with me because the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody ought to say amen. He prioritizes the sheep. He never gives up on the sheep. He sacrifices for the sheep. And then the text goes on. In verse 5, you got your Bible still, yeah? And when he has found it, Pack, Pack, can you give me that water? Everybody say amen for my friend Pack. This sister here. (laughs) What book did I say? What chapter? I'm making sure you're listening. You think I didn't know what I said? I'm making sure you're listening, okay. What book did I say? What chapter? Reading from the fifth verse. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Now let me tell you what Jesus did not do. The text says that he did not yell at the sheep. You know how some people, when their dog does something wrong, they kind of yell at it and say no. Maybe you don't do that because some some of y'all treat dogs better than you treat people, but... (laughs) He did not reprimand the sheep, huh? Because he recognized that the sheep has already been through enough. The journey away from home is already hard. Jesus doesn't need to remind you of it. Sin is already bad. The wages of sin is death. He does not need to remind you of the problem that you've committed. So he does not discipline the sheep. He does not reprimand the sheep. No, 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 no. He simply looks at the sheep and picks it up and lays it on his shoulder. He carries the sheep. That's what the shepherd does. And this is what Jesus does to you and me. He carries my burdens. He carries my trials. All of our tribulations, he carries it. Every, every, every mental health problem we have, he carries it. Every trouble we go through, Jesus carries it. Jesus has the ability to carry our burdens and even further, Christ one day on Calvary's cross, down the way called uh, uh, Golgotha, the Bible says that Jesus picked up that old rugged cross. Ethan, it's the emblem of suffering and shame. And when Jesus carried that cross, he carried with it my weight. He carried with it my sin. He carried with it every transgression that I committed. And Jesus carried that weight and bore it just for me. The Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) You do realize that sheep are heavy. I read the other day that the average sheep weighs about 100 to, 100 to 320 pounds. I told him this morning I could carry it. Sheep are heavy. Your burdens and my burdens are heavy. I don't want you to think that what Jesus did on Calvary's cross was somehow easy. The Bible says that down in Gethsemane, he began to receive the weight of the world. And as the weight of the world began to be placed upon his shoulders, it began to get too hard to bear. The Bible says he experienced something called hematohydrosis. Do I have a medical terminology student in here? That means blood begins to come out of the pores like sweat. And as blood began to come out of his pores like sweat, uh, this is something that only happens in extremely stressful situations. And as that began to take place, the Bible says he cried out to God and said, Lord, if it at all be possible, let this cup pass from me. It's getting too heavy to bear. I don't know how I can bear the weight of all the sins of the world. So if it is possible, Lord, just carry a little bit of it for me. And while Jesus was there, he paused and he thought about it. And I believe that he saw my face. I believe that he saw your faces. And when he saw our faces, he looked back to God and said, but let thy will be done. I must tell you that it is God's will that we all might be saved. And so Jesus bore my weight. He bore my sin because he loves me. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. He prioritizes the sheep. Y'all listening to me? He, he, he gives himself for the sheep. He does not give up for the sheep. He sacrifices for the sheep. And he carries the burdens of the sheep. I'm talking about the shepherd and the sheep, but I'm talking about Jesus and you. And this is what Jesus has done for us. This is how he pursues us. This is the good news about Jesus. Now, I have a question. Why? It does not... Makes sense. Why give so much for so little? Why exert so much to save so little? Notice that the shepherd is at home and the sheep is in the wilderness. The shepherd is at home and the sheep is in the wilderness. There is a separation between the shepherd and the sheep. The reason the shepherd goes out to get the sheep is because the shepherd wants the sheep to be with him. The reason why Jesus does all that he does for us is because he wants us to be with him. Beloved, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. This is Jesus talking. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may also be. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. But Isaiah had to take it a little bit further. He said he's a wonderful counselor. Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Genesis said he was Shiloh. Moses said he was the burning bush. Uh, I believe Ezekiel said he was a wheel in the middle of the wheel. The Lord is my shepherd. He carries my burdens. He carries my weight. Thank God the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I got to get out of here. I felt my stomach growl. And the Bible, I know it says the flesh is weak and the spirit is willing. But the spirit has said, quit. You got to sustain yourself at some point. (laughs) I got to close. I hope you understand the Lord is your shepherd. And he's trying to pursue you. Some time ago, when I was in high school, 10th uh, grade, I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, I'm young, so it <laughs> kind of feels like it was yesterday, contrary to popular opinion. <laughs> we had our first homecoming dance. I went to a public school, is that okay? And at our school, our school was strictly academic, so we didn't have sports. But we wanted to be like everybody else. Sound familiar? We wanted to be like everybody else, so we decided what we were going to do was we were going to plan our own homecoming event. We had a soccer game on Friday night. All the classes played each other. And then on Saturday, we had night, of course, on headset, set. We had a homecoming dance. Now, I'm Adventist, so I didn't do much dancing at the beginning. (laughs) And I was standing outside, and as I stood outside, my buddy had come up to me, and he says, Chase, now, uh, there was this girl that I had a crush on. And he said, Chase, now, you've liked this girl for a long time. You need to go on over there. And you need to ask her to dance with you. I said, man, you're crazy. I I get shy in those types of situations. So I said, man, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. And he said, no, no, you're going to ask this girl to dance with you. And he started to get behind me and he started to push me to the door at the entrance of the dance hall. Now, when I get nervous, my stomach does this thing. And that was Saturday night, I told you, Sabbath morning after church, we had haystacks. (laughs) So my stomach was doing a lot of things. And he's standing behind me, and I looked at him and I said, you don't notice what's going on? And he says, look, I ain't going to let nothing stop me from getting you to dance with this girl. I got to apply it before I go. Listen, Jesus will let nothing keep him from you. So I get in there, and he gets me to the entrance of the door, and he says, all right, the rest is up to you. It was like an all-star basketball game. Everybody was lined up cheering me on. (laughs) So I start walking, you know, all humbly. And I go up to her, and I don't know how, but for some reason, a slow song started playing. I don't know where it came from. I stood in front of her and I said, "Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing right now, but would you like to dance with me? She said, it took you long enough. I said, okay. (laughs) She said, do you know how to dance? I said, no. (laughs) See, the thing is, I hadn't really thought about the dancing part. Didn't care. I just wanted to dance with her. Y'all listening to me? <laughs> see, see, see. heaven is a wonderful place. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper, tree of life, eternal life. But listen, none of it means anything. I just want to be with Jesus when I go there. So she says... says you can't dance. I said no. Now up until this point, she has given me no answer. I have made the effort. I've asked the question. Now what I need is a response. Jesus has been calling your name. He's been pursuing you and now what he needs from you is a response Julian and Erica are going to come up and sing and I'm going to quit y'all but Jesus needs a response today he's been trying his best to grab your attention every day of your life he does something to reach you If you're a student, you've been here all week and Jesus has been waving his face, his hand in your face, trying to call your name. And now what he needs is a response. I got to finish the story, huh? You're wondering if I dance with a girl. She looked at me and she said, Chase, I'd love to dance with you. And we danced all night until we couldn't dance anymore. That means until her feet started hurting. Now, listen, when I get in glory, I'm gonna see Jesus and I'm gonna spend time with him all throughout eternity. And we won't get tired because the Bible says we'll never grow weary. My brothers and sisters, You and I can spend that time with our shepherd, but we have to respond to him today. We got to make the choice to let him in our lives. We got to let him do that. Now, Erica, Julian, sing that song.